0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 158 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Two weeks in a row, this is almost unheard of as of late. It's us again. It's us again, but we're in the middle of a great series, One for All, All for One, based on Galatians 3, 23 through 29, and being united as God's children through faith. While this may at times seem an impossibility, so did so too did peace 32 years ago today. Oh, On this day in 1987, U.S. President Ronald Reagan publicly challenged Mikhail Gorbachev to tear down the Berlin Wall. While the Cold War was nearing its close, the nuclear arms race and the stockpiles it was creating were reaching their crescendo of nearly 70,000 warheads. That was, I mean, when I researched that. We can can um,
1: blow each other a lot.
0: To say tensions were high and outlooks were less than optimistic about simply coexisting, let alone getting along. About two years later, November of 1989, access to the West Berlin opened with East and West Berliners began to dismantle the wall. With simple hand tools, a good reminder that with Christ, all things are possible, even the seemingly impossible. And I only mention that because of what we're about to talk about this week and how how impossible it may be. So we're going to skip last week. Just go ahead and check that out if you've already (laughs) missed it, because I think we're going to need all the time we have for today. Now, if there is anything that we could discuss that might be as as tense, as hostile, and other shenanigans by those who wish the status quo to be permanent, then this idea of gender equality. So, Galatians 3.28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And all one in Christ Jesus would sort of... No
1: gender distinctions. No gender distinctions. In Christ. Right. No. Yeah.
0: This seems pretty clear, though, as a standalone verse, doesn't it? It does. Right? Contextually accurate within the thought of the chapters that it's in and and about. Right? I don't think there's any disputing that. And with everything Jesus has pretty much ever said. It meets all those requirements, but yet here we are. (laughs) Why does this get relocated to like, oh... If only if we on, could just sit around and do just, the kumbaya, do this feel-good verse, but it's never given really the teeth it deserves. <laughs> why? Because it just seems so clear. Is it, is it just because it's just too obvious that we have to rethink it and go, he couldn't possibly have meant it to apply to? Well, that's why I was, I was excited about
2: the, the talk, the sermon this last week, because that verse can get pushed you know, pushed away from the standpoint, mm-hmm. yes, there's neither slave nor free, but they're still there, right? There's right. The, the still slaves, still there, sure. the bond, the, the,
1: the master still there. But in Christ, you have Philemon, right? You know, where there's, there's a whole different respect for each other and, and within the body of Christ, now, not, I don't want to push this too far, <laughs> but but those things that make us male and femaleish uh, mm-hmm. in our world, which and there's great differences between the, the genders, and they complement each other in so many ways. There's all great stuff. But if there's a rub between male and female, when when we come together in the body of Christ, that is demanded to go away. That difference is no longer the the identifier. The identifier is I'm in Christ. That's my primary most significant identifier for myself is I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. Not that I'm male, female, you know, or somewhere on the spectrum.
2: That that should preclude any kind of access, any kind of favor, any kind of approval, so to speak.
1: It came to me late, but mm-hmm. I'm glad I got it in there. And that is the, the whole concept that I started out with in the sermon about the Uh, lording it over from Jesus talking to the disciples. I really think that that's so much of it. It's a power trip. I'm going to get my way over you in that differentiation.
0: As Christians, we like to say, well, look at the outside world. Look at how messed up that is, right? We all know about the gender pay gap (laughs) and the glass ceilings of corporate ladders. (laughs) And we don't really have a leg to stand on this issue when you go back and look at the church through history, and even now, a lot no. of times we we don't. No. So the challenge to listen through the creation story through the ears and in your message this past week. Said we just heard Paul saying that in Christ there is neither male nor female. That made a huge impact on the way I considered these verses. And we've all read the creation story many many times.
1: <laughs> it was new to me. Was it? Yeah, this way of looking at it. Right,
0: This way, right, exactly. This way of looking at it, though, even though those verses have been read so many times. In Genesis 127, and God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And in verse 31, God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And Andy, you said, here we find that we, male and female, share this origin and life source and image of God, And one wasn't made good and the other less good. We were created in the image of God and God declares our creation to be very good. And it was like, oh, well, duh. When you put it through the others, when you break it apart and then put those two together and bring them together, it should give you a whole different view of this. But Randy, the reality
1: is it's not not out of any intentional evil desire or wickedness on our part. We're three men sitting here who just like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, of course, there's no dub. But we don't think about it because in so much of the culture, we're the privileged ones. Gotcha. I mean, we have – we have In almost a, every culture. In almost every culture. In fact, I don't yeah. know any cultures we're <laughs> yeah. um, But the physical strength of men has given them the ability to misuse that and to dominate the, the culture. Yeah. And so – it, it's just really sad that how easy it is for us, our minds from being from just growing up, never saying I want to do this. I don't. I don't want to fully give all rights to women equal to my own. It's no conscious thing. It just we absorb it from the fallen culture in which we live. It's, it's it. We have to consciously, intentionally push against that, and the church has not done a great job of intentionally, consistently pushing against that. it's oftentimes seemed to push the direction.
0: But I like the thought, though, the, if we started to look at it this way, when you look at those verses and you look at creation through that lens, it should start giving us a little different picture of it. And then, but immediately the first verse that came to my head, First Timothy 2, and you probably know where this is going, because <laughs> I can hear faint voices from afar if you listen <laughs> really close. And it says, women should learn quietly and submissively. I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. And here's where I think it really comes in. For God made Adam first and afterward he made Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived and sin was the result. But women will be saved through childbearing, assuming they continue to live in faith, love, holiness, and modesty. And while this this portion speaks to instructions about worship, It seems to build a hierarchy of, again, of who is first and who's most important. And I think a lot of people will immediately go to this and say, yeah, but this is kind of the way it's supposed to be. But in actuality, doesn't the idea that this – the way this happened and the way we're looking at it, doesn't that kind of negate that like –
1: yeah, we, we really need to go back and have a series, I guess, on Timothy now.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> because of the of the translation of those verses and the utilization of those verses and others in Scripture yeah, well.
2: Yeah, there was a lot uh, more. <laughs> well, these have been misused a lot. And we have to realize that these writers are talking to a group of people who are – they're saturated with – a misogynistic culture, a misogynistic community, and it's,
1: uh, it's very much like Paul writing for Onesimus to return to his master. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, the slavery based. Would, yeah. Would,
1: would, would we call, would we then extrapolate that all slaves should return to their masters, and all masters should have slaves? Right. Uh, right. I mean, it's really a a, a a sort of a warped way to get the male back on. of things here. And so there was a lot of reading I did. It's all just rushing through my head right now. Timothy was part of it. You know, how those verses came to be and also how we've, how we use scripture to our advantage. Uh, That's a typical thing we do. I'm most fascinated by people quoting Job's three friends as biblical uh, support for something. Well, (laughs) while at the end of Job, God says, your three friends don't know what they're talking about. You know, everything they say was like, you need to offer a sacrifice and a prayer for them because (laughs) they're so wrong. And and yet we will quote some of their sayings and some of their words as if that was to to give validity to something else. It's like, wow,
0: what are we, what are we thinking? Yeah. Well, I think just like you were talking about how we've just accept things as they are. It's not necessarily for nefarious purposes Mm -hmm. in the beginning, But then when you, as we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, when it starts to impede on, well, this is my stuff and what you want to take some of my stuff, whether that's power, prestige, or your place in the workplace Mm -hmm. or this hierarchy, then all of a sudden it starts to be a little bit more of let's, let's rein this back in a little bit. Certainly. And again, maybe not for like, well, I, I want to keep women down, but I just don't want to give up what's mine. And I just think that it's well, it's hard for people when you have stuff like this, that again, you just read your Bible and, and without thinking about mm-hmm. it, you read that verse and go, you know, well, gee, you know, how could this be? You know, Adam was first. And that's why I really like, because this verse, as soon as you had talked to well, last week and said what we were going to be talking about, this was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, all right, how's Andy? That text.
2: That text. And I'm like,
0: how are we going to, how can we go around this or what's Andy going to do? And I thought it was brilliant the way you put the first part together and then then you came back to the creation story. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I do think there's, there's an interesting piece to all of this, and that is
2: that back then these were radical texts. These were radical ways of running and helping the church understand how it could continue to be evangelistic and be relevant in their culture. And what he's saying is he's saying this is a culture. You have a culture of slavery. You have a culture of where women were property and so these texts were actually to help in try to figure out these roles in the early church. And it's yeah.
1: interesting all, in all the cases there in in Timothy that you mentioned just a moments ago, there are other verses and other places in Scripture that just totally counter them. or oh, where, right. where women yeah. teach or women are? I mean, yeah. G- Jesus affirms women's right to be prophets. That's I right. Mean, yeah. I, yeah. So we, we have to figure out contextualization and the case and point where it's being written to, yeah, not to try to wiggle out of something no. and make it something, say it's something it doesn't say, but to say, what is it really about? When we say the scripture says this, are we saying a verse in scripture says this, or are we saying right. the testimony of scripture says this? So and that's,
2: that's a good point because I think now what we're using is we're using the scripture, these words to actually hinder what we're trying to do in, in our culture. And that's the part that's so frustrating is because now we have a culture that does accept Women And doesn't accept well, It's slaves. doing better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's doing better. It's doing well, better. But what know, I'm saying is, is now we're moving in. I think the culture is trying really hard. And yet the church, the main place where a lot of this is being held back yeah. is in ecumenical or, or in uh,
0: evangelical and fundamental churches. Part of the reason that I wanted to start talking about that verse in particular was because even as a denomination, I mean, how much money did we spend to decide what, you know, once and for all, if it was women's ordination, was the Bible forward against it, and we came to the conclusion that what, it doesn't say one way or the other, am I right? Yeah. And so it's not an easy question to wrestle with, and the people that are on one side are just as adamant to the fact that what Certainly. they believe and the way they've interpreted is correct, and the people that don't are on the other side saying the same thing. So it's not like it's an easy thing to answer, but yet after the message this week, I'm like, come on, this really isn't that Difficult, and I, I haven't. Believed, for you. I, I, haven't, I mean, I haven't believed it to be difficult in right. the first place. But I thought I never was more convinced that it's not mm. in my heart. It just seemed like this is the right thing to do. And if we're just going to believe the report that you know our denomination came up with yeah. and said there's really not one way or the other. If that's if that's our basis, we're going to stick down the middle somewhere and be safe. <laughs> Then why 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 are we having this fight? But after this, I really liked – you stuck with the Adam and Eve story. You kind of went back to it mm-hmm. in the second story of creation, and this is where it all came together. You said, the first creature God made was simply an earthling. This is what Adam means, a creature from the earth. It is only when the second creature is made, when the first one is divided to make two, that new words for man and woman are used. The story is actually a creation of one creature who then becomes two. And I'm like, well, okay then, right? Like, so if we really are, if... Well, he even says, I mean, Adam says,
1: bone of my bone, flesh of my my flesh. flesh. Makes it pretty clear.
0: And when you put it together with, again, looking through Galatians, then, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at the creation story. And I'm just like, this is the best way I've found yet that I... Can just go, yeah. What I felt, I think, was correct. I, my inner feelings were right, and this just makes it very something you can put your finger on and say, you know, as a whole of scripture, sure. And all of this, like you said, what scripture as a whole saying, this really does make a nice case for that in Christ we are one,
2: right? All humanity,
1: all humanity. Yeah. Right in yeah. the in the fall, in the fall, and mixed with sin. There's all kind of distinctions and one upsmanships that can take place. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but the thing is, is that if we go back to the original story, pre-sin and we're one. Yeah. Okay. There's equality. And then we move through sin where things get really messed up. And then we move through Jesus where things get set straight. All things reconciled to God. through him. Right. Then and now in Christ, we have to go back to the state we were before sin. Yeah. That that equality is now should be extremely clear that in Christ, there's no Jew, nor Greek, no slave,
0: nor free, no male, female. I'm glad you said that, because that was my next question was, <laughs> can't we give this a little extra weight being that, you know, this happened before sin? This is the mm-hmm. this is the original plan. So therefore, the rest of it after the creation story has to deal with sin right so we're all then playing into what was this god's design or is this just simply because of sin but this like you're talking about this happened before that this was all right
1: when everything was good
0: so this should really be like this is how it was supposed to be we know it was this way because we have it on record so Mm -hmm. doesn't that get a little more weight than the rest of it i would hope i hope
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're trying to get back there yeah and and even that it's i don't want to say it's tainted, but you have to realize that even these stories, because we don't have a record of Adam, you know, he he didn't write a book, but we have stories that are passed on down. And again, it's through the same same culture.
1: If there's resistance to the concepts in Galatians 3.28 of no slave or free, no male or female, no Jew or Greek, the resistance is usually a, a resistance because I want some kind of power. I want some kind of control. Yeah. I want some kind of one-upsmanship for me, and therefore I can't buy that. If all nations and all ethnicities are all equal in Christ, then how do I be proud of being an American? Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. I, and, and yet patriotism is a great thing, right. which is very different than a nationalistic thing yeah. that yeah. I want to mm-hmm. be over you and I want to be in the, the big seat and I want to have it all.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that part of this conversation is it's always easy or it's always the right thing to do. Let's go there. It's always the right thing to do to mimic what Jesus did, mm-hmm. and the examples that you gave were so so good. And there's more. There was yeah. just a handful that you gave in the message about you know Jesus even said women could be prophetic and Jesus talked to them. I mean, he went outside the norms in everyday life to include women and to uplift them. So if you have this creation story and you're looking through the lens of the Galatian this this writing in Galatians, and then you mimic what Jesus is doing, it's pretty hard to argue with the fact that this is the way things are supposed to be. So if you, oh, go ahead.
1: No, in Christ. I had never thought about Mary being invited to listen to just teaching as being a male-female thing.
0: Well, that, yeah. But but yeah. But,
1: in, but the reality is, as that was so much the case that the guys would all sit around and they'd discuss the faith
0: yeah. and
1: the women would be serving them and caring for the household and yeah. going in the kitchen and talking about things. And, and so, but Jesus says, no, 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 Mary, come on, you, you stay right here. You've chosen the better thing. And I'm yeah. not going to deny you to have that. And just his whole treatment of women in general is
2: such a model that the church should step up to one of the things and I know we're out of time here, but one of the things that Jesus modeled, I think in a really good way was a lot of times what we do is we tend to one we when we see one side of the pendulum coming this far back, Mm -hmm. we tend to really want to yank it all All the way way to the the other side. side. And Jesus was so good at creating this balance of just trying to say, no, we're not trying to war one against the other. And we're not going to pay for what has happened over here. And unfortunately, that's usually what happens. We tend to figure out a way to get the other side of the if polarity. we think
1: if we think about South Africa uh, yeah. after apartheid yeah. and Nelson Mandela coming out of jail yeah, and point. the whole and the whole um what was it called um my mind gone blank where he brought he wanted all people to come together, together yeah and, um, and that if he couldn't could accomplish that, and if that can work in that deep the mess. It seems like we should do the same thing. We don't. We don't want the pendulum to swing the other way right. yeah, and start just torturing our you know the people who have done us wrong. Yeah. And so, like you say, just to just lend on the real, reality that in Christ we are together. We're equal yeah. in Him.
0: I thought that your your message was really balanced. It wasn't just a message about you know you could have been predictable and just we could have talked about women's ordination. Not that that's not an important topic and something that we need to be discussing. I,
1: I gave it a and you did. I gave it a little. How do you do?
0: But <laughs> at the same time if this part, if we got this part right, if we really right. took this and said this is what we believe, then there wouldn't be a need to be discussing some of these other things that we tend to war about. So I mm-hmm. like the fact that it really kind of kept it right in the basic beginning and explained it. But for someone that's just thinking about this or wanting to kind of dig a little bit deeper, any books out there, anything that you guys can think of that might be you know extracurricular reading for someone that's really interested in this topic that might be – Good as they study a little bit. And if you can't think of anything, text me before Wednesday and I'll include it in the show notes if there's anything there.
1: Galatians is a good book.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's turned out so good so far. So if we do come up with anything, just swipe up. They'll be in the show notes. This week, one of our FHE takeaways asked, what do you think about creation being of one creature then divided into two and that there is oneness in shared flesh? And overall, I would just say, you know, every week we say don't miss the message. But again, this is something that is just so fundamental to how we're going to treat the opposite sex. And and this has so many implications. And you mentioned a of them in your message and there's so many more that this affects everyday life and how we interact as male and female and there's just so many ideas and so many areas that this will impact our lives individually as a church even if just locally if we get this correct and we can help others do the same what an impact you could have in your community as a church so final thoughts are from the closing of Andy's message and while typically we go for a more inspirational theme in nature I kind of felt like this is what we would leave you with if in Christ it is a place of no gender-based distinctions, we must not be conformed to this world, but we must be transformed so that we live and practice and advocate for everyone to experience our being gendered as gift rather than danger, a source of life and hope rather than the oppression or fear. And the most important part: How can we model this reality? How can we model that reality? And so, it's something to contemplate within each of us, so that our preaching of the gospel by word and deed match that of Christ's plan. And it's inclusive to everyone. And just how much more of an impact would we have if we were all just a little bit better than that? So, yeah. just you something know, to think about.
2: I wasn't thinking about a. I want to before we leave. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about a book, but you know, some of the stuff that I've read from Rachel Held Evans. Mm has really done a lot of um, – she really has some really good balanced uh, hmm. material on right. it. I know she just – actually, they just celebrated her funeral. What a, what a loss
0: but anyway she had some some important things to say on this okay. topic well, we'll put a link in there and uh, to some of her books if you yep. want to check them out do a little extra reading. All right so what are we in the final uh, yes we,
1: we, we didn't take them exactly in the right order uh, <laughs> we, we, we sort of left them the, this one for last about slaves and free which is really about no socioeconomic distinctions in Christ and um, mm, good. That's going to have its
0: own implications, is us a bit. Yeah. Well, the, all of these have. I mean, we've really been, so far this year, I mean, what are we, June? So we're getting to be the halfway point, but we've covered a lot of really...
1: But I get a break for six weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as I've been thinking about these messages that we've been listening to and digesting and then preparing for the podcast, I've been putting in double time, just trying to think of, you know, mm-hmm. how we attack these because we haven't been, and I'm not saying that what... Other things have been fluff, <laughs> but there are certain topics that we've been covering and, and yeah. just kind of diving into that really make you think And instead of the fears to be flippant and go, oh, I know the answer to that. Yeah. You know, yeah. when in re- reality, there's a lot to go into. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this as much as we have. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you guys, as always, for being here. Do join us again next Wednesday for episode 159. Thanks for listening and have a great week.